When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Welcome to Woo Hair's Hyperspace Hangout, otherwise known as Aggressive Negotiations, the Nerd Party's podcast focused on the different, deeper questions of the Star Wars galaxy. I'm one of your humble hosts, Jedi Master, John Mills, and with me as always is my dear friend, the uh, magnificent, munificent, magnanimous Matthew Rushing. Matt, how you doing? Uh, I feel a little overwhelmed by by such an introduction I, I don't know if i live up to that but now it is my life goal to do so well just to be fair i don't know what any of those words really mean so ah I'm you just sure went through the thesaurus job. tonight didn't you yes i did okay that's, uh, that, that makes sense that's that's what the internet is for it's absolutely to figure out <laughs> how to say words that you don't know what they mean exactly exactly it makes you sound all good and learned and stuff so <laughs> so here we are. We're here at Aggressive Negotiations on the Nerd Party Network, where, of course, you can reach us at thenerdparty.com slash contact. You can reach out to Aggressive Negotiations there. You can find us on Twitter at the Jedi Masters or through the, sh- the uh, network account at Join Nerd Party. And, of course, you can find us over on Instagram at Join Nerd Party and uh, at the Nerd Party on Instagram. And uh, you can uh, find us through all of those channels because... Today we actually, I think we have something of a stumper of a question. Something I was thinking about recently, and I want to pose the question to you, Matt. Because okay, yeah, uh, this is something. Okay, I'll tell you where this comes from. Okay, is you know, of course, we all love to put Star Wars screensavers up, and sometimes we go back to the original classic trilogy and all of those sorts of things. Right. And one of my favorite shots, one of everybody's favorite shots from the Empire Strikes Back, is that first reveal shot of the uh, the executor. Or executor, yes, yeah. however you want to pronounce it, right? Oh, absolutely. I, looking, I mean, people still talk about that, you know, being right. like, you know, if you saw it back in 77, that just blew your mind. Saw it back in 80. What? Because it's Empire Strikes Back. Oh, 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 you said oh, 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 sorry. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I, it, totally, John. It, it's, it's something that people still talk about. I remember when I saw The Executor and I, I was just blown away. Uh, like, I was like, they get bigger? Right, exactly. Yes, if you water a Star Destroyer properly, it grows to <laughs> tremendous proportions. Did Vader apparently. talk to it really nicely, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who's a good Star Destroyer? <laughs> um, so, but, but the thing is, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at the scale and everything, and I'm looking at this thing, and then I thought about, you know, with, with Jedi and the fleet and everything, and we know that there was more than one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So the question I have is this, and I, I, I want to throw it out to you. Why build a Death Star at all? What's the point? No, I'm I'm right there with you, John. So you asked me this question about like why build a Death Star, and it it 
it brought to mind, you know, we've both been reading the New Canaan books, and there are all these books about this, uh, you know, massive mining that happens, destroying entire planets, uh, ecologies to get what they need to build this, the research for the kyber crystal uh, weapon. I mean, it's just, it's such an incredible underthinking. And my, when you asked the question, my thought was like, wouldn't it just been cheaper to build a star destroyer for every single planet? Yes. Right? Like you could- one star destroyer, not even an executor or executor, sorry. I flip back and forth on the pronunciation, but one single imperial class star destroyer yeah. is enough to pacify a planet. I mean, yeah, pretty much, you know, it has a a, a huge complement still of tie fighters and yeah. it's it's got enough weaponry to to lay waste to cities, you know, turbo lasers to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, I, I guess maybe maybe the emperor was just, you know, bored one day uh, and, you know, sitting around on the throne, kind of like twirling around like uh, <laughs> what's his face from the Freemakers? Roran going bored, 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 <laughs> bored. <gasps> I right. know. Vader, do you want to build a Death Star? Exactly. But but see, OK. I mean, tactically too, and and the thing is, it's it's silly to really like pick on the military tactics. Like it's it's sort of a thing that I've made, I, you know. I've I've had friends through through time like p- picking on the military tactics, and I've sort of become like a, a an apologist for the way things go down right. in the trilogy, like giving reasons. It's like okay, I can see the reasoning for everything, but the Death Star concentrates, literally concentrates all of your power in one place, whereas your fleet, to speak to your point, can be spread out through the galaxy. Good luck getting rid of the Empire because they're everywhere then. They can't be stopped because, you know, it's like getting rid of a virus or something like that. It's like you got to purge the entire thing and the Death Star becomes this one giant thing that sits there. And you have, of course, also the enormous, uh, you know, supply costs. I, I didn't see any gardening section on the Death Star. Maybe there was one. I don't know. But they got to, just to feed everybody that's on it. They so the keep... Death Star goes green is what you're saying? Yeah, right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. That Maybe that's what they should have done. Is, is uh, ooh. A massive oh, aeroponics got... bay? No, now I've got like a, a, ooh, that's interesting. Because now I've got like an art project in my brain that like it's a it's a Death Star, but like it's all green and it looks. It literally looks like a moon, and then suddenly it shoots you. I like that idea. Um, the laser's just hiding in there. Uh, but you know, so I mean, and the thing is with the Death Star as well. When you blow up the planet, they blow up Alderaan. Alderaan becomes a bunch of hurtling rocks flying out through space. Right. With the Star Destroyer, you can literally wipe out the face of the planet, and you still have all of the very valuable mineral resources that are within it. A lot easier to get than, say, chasing them down. You know, like yeah, that's running true. around Having after the to rocks. Have a, a huge like um, refinement fleet that comes behind you and gathers up all those, you know, specks floating around right. in space. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. The thing that that is interesting, and, and obviously, the Death Star, and it, it's so aptly named. A star of death that just like comes and it, the last thing you see is a massive explosion of your planet uh, and mm-hmm. almost like a supernova like event. It, the fear that you would have of that thing 
just the thought of that thing and and the fact that you know it travels by hyperspace so it can move around relatively quickly i mean the star wars galaxy and it it's it, the, traveling from one side to the other doesn't really seem to take all that long uh light speed gets you there really quick well it's con- uh, you know consistency in terms of uh hyperspace is exactly as fast as the story needs you to get there well so, that is so true uh yeah. but it, it also makes me wonder you know if the reason that there was another death star in production wasn't just because the emperor was like well just in case um it was more <laughs> that there would be two death stars roaming the galaxy you know, I, I actually I have uh, I've thought about that before as well. Um, uh, uh, like thought about it and, and talked about it, written about it, like the Death Star death match, right? <laughs> A fleet of death because like the Vader has one Death Star and then like Vader and then the Emperor has one Death Star and then. You know, the fleet admiral wants one death because everybody's going to want a Death Star. Because if you've got a Death Star and I don't have a Death Star, that's not really, you know, how are we on equal footing or anything like that? So maybe, I mean, I could postulate the idea that what they did was, yeah, they they strip mine and everything, but they could also cannibalize the fleet and turn it into Death Stars. Mm -hmm. So basically, maybe the idea was that over time, you know, they've got all of these Star Destroyers that are becoming obsolete by the by the virtue of death stars coming into existence. And so they're just cannibalizing the fleet as mm-hmm. they put more death stars together. Maybe that's, maybe that's the play. So, because the thing is, if you've got a bunch of like pseudo planets flying around that can destroy other planets, other natural planets, then that's even worse than a fleet going around. Right. I, yeah. Uh, well, and, and one of the things that's so interesting about the, the death star in general um, it, it's such a a perfect representation of everything that the Empire is mm-hmm. because it is this stark, dead, you know, technological terror that has, has – there's nothing alive in it. It's just machinery and that people are living in. There's there's nothing homey about it. There's There's nothing warm about it. It's just the stark destruction of the Empire. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's another way of think, I think, of really showing the way in which the Empire has, is choking the life out of the galaxy, figuratively and kind of literally. Oh, sure. As it's destroyed, sure. you know, like we talked about, you know, they've strip mined entire planets, just destroyed natural resources all over the places. They just consume, consume, and consume to make these massive, uh, you know, weapons platforms, and uh, that's that's one of the things that I think, uh, you know, as as maybe not so smart to put all of your you know, ducks and you know your eggs in one basket, right? It has this aura about it. To which it obviously is what the emperor I think is going for in the end. Well, sure. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, s- symbolically, there's something there. I. But the thing is, as you're talking, yeah, there is that symbolism, of course. But at the same time, now I'm thinking, as I'm thinking about the emperor, instead of having the throne world in one place that could be attacked theoretically by a fleet, like you send your Death Star off to you know blow up Dantooine, 
but the rebels aren't at Dantooine, so they launch an attack on Coruscant or you know whatever planet the Emperor happens to be on. The Emperor's trapped, etc., etc., etc. If the Emperor transfers his flag, I think maybe the Death Star makes more sense if we come at it like I'm coming at it from Star Wars initially. Maybe it makes more sense with the way it was deployed in Jedi, where there's a, we see the throne room. The Emperor's intention is the Emperor then becomes mobile. It becomes impossible to assassinate or isolate the Emperor. Right? He can't be trapped on a planet. He can't be tracked down. If people are trying to kill him, even if the Imperial fleet mutinies against him one day, mm-hmm. he's still got command of the Death Star, and he's going to, you know, of course, fill it with loyalists right. and everything. But he, so if he's got control of basically a mobile planet, he's untouchable. He really does become untouchable. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's how I can come at it then. And the thing is, it's you talking about, you know, the, the symbolism that's there about, you know, this is the symbol of the Empire's might. What what would add even more to the, the idea of this terrible machine is the fact that it, by virtue of its existence, it has made the Empire permanent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's no way to topple it if you can't take the Emperor out. Right. If you can't take out the command structure. Well, and I mean, in the end, you know, the... The rebels get, you know, blessed, lucky, you know, destiny, whatever you want to call it uh, at that point where, you know, that it's in that right stage of construction so that it's being protected by an energy energy shield because it doesn't have its own defenses completely set up yet. Uh, and the emperor just happens to be that, you know, like like you're saying, if, if you had the emperor on a mobile debt death station um, right hopping around the galaxy yeah you're absolutely right it does make him a lot harder to track down um and especially you know if that death star travels with an entourage you know of maybe an executors style star destroyer and you know some other star destroyers you know it just really make this mobile fleet something that is almost insurmountable uh, to take down. Yeah, I, I mean, so, okay, so I, I guess, I mean, I guess we've answered our own question, but the thing is, does the logic hold up? Does it hold up entirely? I mean, the thing is, then it becomes that the Emperor, I mean, the Emperor's repeated mistake throughout the entire, you know, original six films, uh, I guess, including Rogue One, you may, you know, is the fact that he is, he goes to it too early in Return of the Jedi. Obviously, with the Death Star itself, he was waiting until it was completed and operational to transfer his flag there. And then in Jedi, he jumps the gun because he doesn't want another blunder, but that becomes the error that costs him everything. So, okay, so you build the Death Star for that reason. But again, what I, what I, the one thing I'm unclear on, especially with all of the explanation they want to give for, you know, that, you know, using the Kyber crystals and, and magnifying the power and everything is, I mean, for lack of a better term, the Death Star eventually has to run out of gas, doesn't it? Like, I, I mean, you know, for lack of a better term, it, like, they have to have an energy source to feed to the crystal to cause the cannon to fire, right? So, and then you have the supply uh, problem from earlier of feeding everybody. I mean, imagine, yeah. the, imagine the amount of food that 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 the people on that station are eating in a day even if all they're eating is just like protein based mm-hmm. right yeah. the volume of that is insane i mean we already know from 
you know, from the new expanded books that that is another way that they're strip mining planets and turning them into deserts mm-hmm. is that yeah. they're they're farming them to death. Yes. Uh, to to feed everybody for it, and they're just saying, ah, oh, well, we've got a thousand thousand worlds. We'll just you know we'll just keep doing this. It's not a problem yet. So you know more short sightedness there. So hmm, okay. I mean that's that's a really that's a really interesting thought because like the amount of people. That's the other thing that makes the Death Star so strange is the fact that it is this almost moon sized station. Yeah. That doesn't seem to have anywhere to grow its own food. So, I mean, you're constantly just having to be resupplied. Right. In it. And it's, I mean, that, is, that does seem yeah, to well, be a, kind of a major flaw. Or maybe that's part of it. I mean, maybe that's just part of the point. You know, that, well, I mean, that what, that's the hubris of the Death Star. Well, I mean, they're smart enough at least to put detention blocks on there. Well, that, um, that is true. Which, yeah. You know, that's foresight. But at the same time, I would, I, I mean, I, I would think with constructing the Death Star that you would actually make it so that, like, so that you could reduce or remove the majority of the crew, mm-hmm. right? They, they still have fighters and everything, but why really have fighters? Like, if you've made your, your, your Death Star virtually impregnable, and you know, and they believe before the first one gets destroyed, they believe it's uh, you know it, it's in it's basically invulnerable, and it's designed around a direct large scale assault. I mean, everything. it's like the military Titanic, right? Exactly. But but the thing is, eventually they're not you know in if their thinking holds true, if they are if they were right in their presumption that they could fend off any attack in the Death Star, then they don't even have a need for fighters. Right. All they yeah. need is just the crew that can operate the gun. Mm-hmm. Period. Full stop. End yeah. of sentence. Well, and, and part of that though, it makes me wonder. Like, there has to be. I mean, okay, just put it this way. Think of the operations of the Enterprise in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, you okay. have to have an engineering crew to to maintain everything. Can you imagine the engineering crew that you would need to maintain the Death Star? Here's my question. Are we talking about Star Trek the original series engineering crew? Or are we talking about <laughs> from the movies forward? Uh, because yeah. those are two different size uh, engineering it's, crews it's right true. there. It's um, true. But, I mean, just in general, okay, let's just put it in real world terms. Just think of, like, the engineering crew on a on a um, aircraft carrier, you know. Yeah, just okay. this massive thing that, that takes all of these people to make it run correctly. Um, I, I really, true. I mean, you know. The Death Star is just—I mean, it's just ginormous. So you couldn't just have a skeleton crew on that. I mean, it, because there there's too much involved, and it's too big to not have so many people. I mean, you know, thousands of people living on that thing just no, to make it point. run. And also, judging by how exposed those uh, guys in the, you know, in the in the beam tunnel yeah. were to the likely radiation, there's probably high turnover in that position. I mean, they don't really have. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. The healthcare in the Empire sucks. The radiation poisoning from that alone, from one shot, it's. I mean, it's you, know, you only do it's, that job like twice, right, right? Like you see the gunfire like a couple of times in Return of the Jedi, and it's actually okay. Let's rewrite this. Let's put. Let's put this in everybody's head can and the gun fires those guys are done and they just swap them out right there yeah i mean they like push them over into the beam of mirror and like new the, crew the radiation uh you know we both uh <laughs> right. we both saw 
Wonder Woman, right? And and the, yeah. the guys that get exposed <laughs> to that gas that Morrow creates, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, exactly. That's got to be what that's like to be right next to that beam. <laughs> those, those guys are the ones that drew the short straws. It's like, who's on this duty today? Oh, I hope we don't get in a fight, man. Come oh, on. Oh, man. <laughs> it's Matt, the, the radar technician. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Gosh. No, I think, I mean, one of, one of the things, you know, well, why of Death Star, and, and obviously the, the reason to build a Death Star is because of the fear that it puts in the hearts of your enemies. Um, yeah. Is it good military sense in real life? No, but who cares? Because it's Star Wars. Uh, and That's true. That's part of the, the mythology of, of this kind of thing. You know, uh, you know, why Sauron throwing all of his you know, might and power into one ring, you know, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, honestly, the one ring in Star Wars was the Death Star. And actually, uh, you know, I, I, okay, first and foremost, I think you're, you're spot on with that. Yes, absolutely. But I have a, I actually have another question, because I'm actually sitting here looking at one of my favorite shots in the entire series of Star Wars films. Um, the opening shot from Return of the Jedi mm-hmm. with, you know, the, the Star Destroyer flying overhead and, and the, the second Death Star in the background. Am I crazy? I would not bother finishing the superstructure of the second Death Star because I think that looks cooler than the finished Death Star. Yeah. Well, it definitely does. It does. It looks a lot scarier, too. It's like this. It does. This, you know, massive skeleton in the sky. That just, right, and like like the yeah. da- down beneath the equa- the equatorial uh, trench, it looks like it's got like a little monster mouth. It's like the Cyclops <laughs> thing. It's like, Arr! it's like the Star Wars Pac Man. <laughs> Ooh, yes, exactly. Oh, Pac Man of Death. You know the I one like thing. This. You know the one thing that Rogue One was missing was to finally show us a Star Destroyer docked inside the Death Star. Oh, that would be pretty sweet. Like, wouldn't it have been awesome if, uh, you know, Tarkin's Star Destroyer is coming out of a dock in the Death Star so it can watch, the, you know, the the, yeah. the radar, the are, weapon being implanted in the Star Destroyer? That would just be awesome. Are we sure that, uh, so we know for a fact that Star Destroyer's dock in the Death Star, Yeah. Because I mean, Vader's ship's got to go there. I'm trying to remember my cross section yeah? books, you know, um, and I think I mean it's got to be big enough. Oh, it certainly is. I, I mean, mean, we see a super star destroyer crash into the second one, and it barely, you know, yeah. <laughs> like the, I feel bad for those guys in that section, but like yeah. the rest of the the rest of the place is like whatever. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's got to be a big enough, and and mainly too because you would think that this just. Mainly, too, because you've got to think that the Death Star is not just a weapon, but it's got to be a mobile station for the fleet, you know, so that right. ships could come and get repaired and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's almost like it's a weapon, but it's also like a star base in Star Trek, again. To oh, that's put a good it point. There. You know, it, it, it's got to be, or, or else it, its functionality is, is a l- way too limited for the amount of resources you put into it. No, that's a, that that's that's an excellent point. I mean, what? Okay, but what if Star Destroyers can't dock there? Maybe that. What if that's why we always see shuttles going to 
the Death Star yeah. or ships flying I toward know. the Death Star. And like when the Emperor gets there, well, I mean, of course, I suppose the landing ceremony, like, <laughs> I mean, it's just simpler to have him fly from, you know, in the shuttle because you dock the Star Destroyer, you park it, you, you I mean, get everything in there. I mean, you have to walk it takes through the Star 20... Destroyer, then you <laughs> right, have to exactly. walk through the, the, yeah, I mean, it just, it's, it's a lot simpler. I mean, when we're talking about things of that magnitude, the size, yeah, it's yeah. just a, it's just way easier that way. See, the thing is, though, I now I want to go in there and I want, I'm, I'm dead serious about the, this project, like feeding everybody. I would love to go in there and because, uh, and I know this is sort of a tangent, but I remember one of the concepts that um, uh, uh, Church and Tiemens did for um, for uh, episode three was showing, quote unquote, green Coruscant, showing that there was like a, a level that grew vegetation and stuff like that. Right. I would love to get in there and like show because we know that the Death Star has a lot of empty space, but like show like that they had these little jungles that they grew in there. So that, you know, if push came to shove, they could be self-sufficient. If the, you know, the military turns on the emperor, he can be like, what? I don't care. I got my mango trees here. Right. So that that would be. Do they have mango trees in Star Wars? Well, I mean, they have pears based on Attack of the Clones. Uh, That's true. That's true. So if they got pears, they got mango. What galaxy is worth living in without mangoes? That's my question. I mean, or grapes, because then you don't have wine. So lame. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like, see, the thing is, now I want to do. I want them to build a death. I, I want to have. I want to go in and have. You know, um, obviously, these soldiers have R and R that are stationed on a Death Star. Mm-hmm. I like. Did they have like a microbrewery or something like? You know, like they had like a little uh, <laughs> brew pub on each level that people could hang out on and stuff like the Death Star brew pub. Yeah, the the local six hundred two club on the Death Star. Yeah, know? right. Or uh, the gosh. officers club. You know. Um, what what could they what could they I mean the thing is what would you name it like every level would want to be clever about it oh yeah I mean like instead of the green dragon you have like the green beam or something like that mm, yes see that was the first one and then everybody else was like dang it they stole mine (laughs) right exactly like that's gotta (laughs) no you're absolutely right I I think that's actually a really funny idea like what would you name the bars on the Death Star because there's gotta be a lot of them I mean those guys have nothing else to do when they're not attacking you know planets Planets. I mean mean, and they can't they can't possibly have been thinking that they were gonna like be flying around blowing up too many planets right that had to be something where they were like eh it'll happen once in a while but you know who knows you know, like, like it, it's got to be something where they they just figured that was the rare thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you were gonna like you, but you'd blow up a couple in the beginning to prove your point, and then people would be like, yeah. "Whoa, well, I'm not gonna mess with the Empire again." You know, like that just seems to me. I mean, hmm. it make it really does. It it totally makes sense to me. And one of the things that I would uh, I would love to have seen on the Death Star is just. More of of kind of the interior of it, you know. Like what's so strange about the Death Star mm, is the thing yeah. is massive, right? And it always feels so claustrophobic inside it. You know, it's all these hallways yeah. that are, you know, like and and part of that is obviously the budget that George has at that time, uh, right? And, and so, and in fact, that's one of the things that makes Jedi so nice is because when you get to the the throne room there, it kind of feels a little bit more expansive. It it feels a little more like you'd kind of think a, a 
you you can't fill all this whole thing with like space. There's got to be some open space in it, right? You know, I'll I'll actually say that that is uh, something where I will give the production design on episode seven a real um, a real tip of the hat is like the the way that they had the walkways there where like you know it was like 10 foot 10 feet up you had a crosswalk mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't like giant chasms everywhere it looked like they maximized the space but you really got this feeling of i mean obviously because they hollowed out a planet right. but you, you know what i'm saying like I, I think that's that speaks to i think that the the, the interior of the star killer base looks closer to that you know that there's more of a, a sense of of um you know, bigger hallways and those sort of, but, but I mean, like there's, there's also well, I mean, variety I hope there. You do the, that. I mean, if you're going to basically build your third death star in this universe, it better be better designed. Now, see, I, in my head canon, I have no idea if this is going to be overwritten or something. I hope not. But in my head canon, they were working on star killer base from the beginning. Mm. Like the death star was mm. because think about it this way. They're working on the Death Stars, and the Emperor's like, I'm going to put my flag there. But then as soon as they get Starkiller base, they can blow up a Death Star from systems away. So that he's like, okay, I can move to that planet because now the Death Star is moved. Although actually, okay, see, now I'm thinking, uh, wow, could a Death Star, I mean, a Death Star can obviously take out Starkiller base. So that would like, and if you build more than one Death Star... And the f- the fleet of Death Stars mutinies against you, then you can be blown up on Starkiller Base. I mean, man, that's okay. That so, sounds okay, like so the Star- ultimate showdown: Death Star against <laughs> Starkiller Star Base. Base. Yeah. <laughs> Although we, yeah, I mean, we do know that the Starkiller Base's beam can split into multiple. Uh, yeah. Trajectories. Uh, no, it it can. Um, it I, whether or not it could hit more than say in the same like system you know right. uh is is it different i mean we don't know um no it, that's a good question i mean uh, star killer base you know i i oh, uh, you know like from I, what I mean, we know um and from what it looks like is star killer base is probably ilum after it's been totally decimated by the um the empire and right and that's why i mean it would obviously have a kyber crystal core well yeah they it. they uh they, so. they put that out um i don't know like a year or a year and a half ago where they they said did you know that star killer base was right. a planet that had been mined for uh for its crystals yeah so, so yeah yeah hmm. i don't know great questions though i one of the things that i think is so cool just in general about the death star is and it was so smart it's it's just it, it was it's so iconic you know, it, oh, yeah. it was another one of those designs where they just nailed something that is simple, creepy, and scary. And it, it just, you know, um, <laughs> it just reminds me of, I, what was the skit where they're like uh, trying to figure out a name for it? Death Ball. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I, I yeah. <laughs> Re- <laughs> recently I said I would have called it, because uh, um, somebody, somebody asked me, uh, you know, why is it called Death Star? I was like, because that's you know pretty cool. Because like, okay, you know, and um, it's it's a listener to the show. Um, I I I don't want to give away his first name, but he knows who he is because I know he's listening. But uh, his question was like, you know, why do they call it Death Star? They say it's the size of a moon, so why not Death Moon or Moon of Death? Um, 
and I mean, the only reasoning I could really come up with is Death Star is just super cool sounding, right? Like Death, oh, yeah. but Death Moon, because Death Moon sounds like a place that you go, or you know, and, and Death Planet death and those moon. sorts of things. I mean, I would have Death Moon is where you get your death sticks, right? So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I and the thing is, I you know, I may, I I would call the thing something like, you know, like one of my favorite jokes in any of the Simpsons Halloween specials is that. Um, the one where Mr. Burns is Dracula, you know, the way he lures people in is he has a lever that says super happy fun slide. Yeah. And so I'd call it something, you know, like super happy death planet or something like that. We'd be like, Ooh, super happy. And it's like, Oh wait, no, this is a bad thing. So, but that's I think, just, uh, you know, one of the fun things about uh, this whole thing is, is it's just, it's fun to sit around and, and just kind of talk about these ideas, you know, like why this? And it, it's one of those interesting thought exercises that i'm kind of wondering what the listeners think john and uh, i would love to know yeah, what they think um, yeah absolutely where are some places where they can catch up with us uh if they would like to give us their thoughts on if they'd like to build a death star and maybe they'll yeah. sing about it too hey yes yeah, send in your recordings you can actually go ahead and go to nerdparty.com slash contact and uh get I think you can attach a file, right? Yeah, that would be great. Come up with the lyrics for Do You Want to Build a Death Star? Sing it for us. We'll play it here on the air, with your permission, of course. Uh, or you can uh, you know, just let us know over on Twitter, at the Jedi Masters. That's the show account. You can uh, let us know at Join Nerd Party on Twitter, and you can let us know at the Nerd Party on Instagram and Facebook.com slash the Nerd Party. So that's... That's all the places they can find us officially. Matt, where can they find you online? Oh, gosh. You can find me all over the place. I'm on Twitter at MattRushing02. I'm also on Instagram at MRushing. You can find me here on the network uh, doing a small, fun, brilliant, enjoyable show with uh, Drea Kaufman called Owl Post. It's a Harry Potter podcast, and we are currently walking through every single chapter of the Harry Potter series of books. Uh, we are in the Chamber of Secrets, and we're... I just, I love, I'm loving doing that show. So I hope everybody will listen to that. Um, you can also find me on the Trek FM network. I am doing a show there called The Orb with Chris Jones talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And I also do the General Geek Show, which is the 602 Club. And we talk about everything we can under the sun uh, that we can possibly fit in geek-wise, such as just talking about Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about Bond. I, it's just... I, if it's out there in geekdom, we probably tried to talk about it somewhere. Uh, and then last but not least, John, I have a brand new show. I know it's crazy. I think I have a brand new show. Uh, and it is called Cinema Stories. And it is about film and faith. And so if uh, either of those things or both of those things are something you would be interested in, check that out. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or over at tobethechurch.com. Uh, now, John... I would be remiss if I did not ask you huh. where people could find you because uh, you're just as prolific podcasting wise as I am. Oh, that is not true. I then no, no, I no, I am not. You are uh, you are Matt Rushing, king of the podcasting <laughs> empire. Uh, oh my gosh, you're gonna make a podcast Death Star, aren't you? Mm. The Pod Star, John. You gave it yes. away. I knew it. Oh, sorry, sorry, my master. Uh, but, uh, you know, whisper the name Kessel Junkie out there on the Internet and uh, I will come a running uh, just to see you again. And you can also find me co-hosting 
right here on the Nerd Party Network, Great Shot Kid with Mike Schindler, where we look at uh, the influences and different uh, works of Star Wars creators. Uh, you can find me over on Trek FM as well, doing Stage 9, which is looking at the uh, works and influences of Star Trek creators. And you can find me co-hosting Words with Nerds with my pal Craig, uh, which is just sort of a weekly zinger fest, uh, really, more than anything else. And uh, so that's where you can find us. Let us know what you think. You know, do you want to build a Death Star? Would you want to put your resources in something else? Let us know. But... With all of that said, Matt, I think there's only one thing left to say. I think it's time to close negotiations. John, negotiations are closed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.